Hey everybody, welcome to Anime Stroganoff. I'm Lyle. And I am Eli. And today, I'm talking about a show called Lance and Masks. The N is important. It's an N, not an ant. For some reason. So I think I've mentioned this show on the podcast, like... You have. Uh, I think it was in a miscellaneous. A what, yeah, a one of the first ago. miscellaneous we did. Yeah. It, it was a while ago. <clears throat> as I was rec- recounting uh, some of the anime that I had watched in my quest to find like the in your worst race anime. for the bottom. Yeah. 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 And hey, Lance and Masks, uh, I don't remember what score it had when I watched it the first time, but uh, as of today, as of this recording on this day, it has a 5.5 on my anime list. Or 5.50. Just so you think it's... It's not... It's not as low as you think. Uh... And yes, I subjected myself to this once more so that I could provide unto you, dear listener, my thoughts after two years. How, 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 how is Lance and Masks really? And the answer to that is it's still pretty bad, all things considered. Quite frankly, I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah, I mean, I'll go. I'll go into some of this later. But there are some parts where I'm like, where I was reacting, like, this could be interesting if it wasn't in this specific context or if it wasn't done in this specific way. It could be really good. But because the show. I'm just going to go ahead and give away my whole thoughts right here at the beginning. The show has absolutely no focus, and it it really needed to be reined in, and it needed to stick to a genre. Okay. So, very, very basic level. I'm not going to go through all of the characters, even though I wrote down most of their names and like a sentence or two of who they are and what they do. I'm not going to do that, because that would take too long. I'll just recap the plot real quick. So, Yotaro Hanabusa is like a te- he's, he's a teenager, and he has been trained since childhood as a knight, as a part of the knightly organization, the Knights of the World. And then at the start of the series, he has just, begot- he has just gotten fully knighted, so... He's, he's now a knight. What that means in the story varies from moment to moment, but uh, in his point of view, he's, like, basically a Sentai hero. He receives a mask from his, uh, like, commanding officer, and he basically just goes around trying to right wrongs and save women. And... He, it, and he doesn't want to do all this. He just wants to be a normal kid. But because of his intense nightly training as a child, he has been left with a severe case of white knight syndrome. 
and yes, that is it's a fictional disease, I believe. I I didn't double check, but I'm fairly certain it's fictional. Um, where basically, if he hears like a woman screaming, he is compelled by his disease to put on a cape and mask, wield a lance, and then fight off whoever is attacking the woman who screams. Once they are saved, once they are safe, he will then turn around and be like, I will protect you forever, my lady, and then get down on one knee and kiss their hand. And then he'll disappear into the night to a flourish of Spanish guitar. <laughs> and literally, the first person we see him do this to is like, oh my god, you're a pervert. Because, yeah, you don't normally run around with a lance and a mask beating up people, and then kissing people on the hands. That's kind of weird. Yes, yes it is. But, and so he's, at the start of the series, he's been, he ran away from home, basically. And he's in Japan for some reason. I don't know why. I never really say why. He just ran away from home and now he's in Japan. Anyway, so he's at a, he's at a park. And he's very hungry. Make a long story short, a kid almost falls off of a rock wall and dies, but he uh, he transforms into his Sentai hero mode and saves her. And then and he does the usual thing of like, "I'll protect you forever." Kiss on the hands, disappear. And while he's running away, he does the whole, ah, "I don't, I hate, I hate my entire life." Okay. So, uh, basically one thing leads to another, and he ends up uh, staying with the kid in her big mansion, who where she lives alone, and, well, he basically just beats up a bunch of guys who come to kidnap her, and he starts living there. And then also his squire, his horse, and they never really define what the uh, the lady in the maid outfit, Yoriko, what her relationship to him is. Because <clears throat> she trained him as a knight, but she wasn't, like, he wasn't her squire. And she's still technically, like, has authority over him. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know what the relationship is. I think it, it's heavily implied that, like, she's uh, his mom, potentially. Because uh, we never meet his mom. Doesn't matter. But, yeah, so that's... That's the, ba- that's the status quo that we have, is all these people living in this mansion with the kid named Makio... He's a cute kid, all things considered. Um, yeah, but her eyes are way too far apart. Yeah, that's actually a problem with pretty much everyone in this show. It's I know. Like, it's like they 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 were told, yeah, if uh, far apart eyes means that a character looks younger, and they're like, oh, okay, so they just put everybody's eyes super far apart, and it's it's distracting on your first watch. It's distracting every time I look at it. 
it, it's only distracting when you notice that there are some characters who don't have those eyes. Like, if everybody had eyes like that, that would be fine. But some characters don't have those eyes. They have normal anime eyes, and it's... It's weird. It really just raises more questions. <laughs> I know, it, it really does. It's like, it's pretty much just, like, two adults? Three, three adults, I can think of, that have normal eyes. Everyone else has the far apart, really wide eyes. And it, it honestly feels like the adults are in a different show than, all, than every other character in the show. Which we'll get back to. <laughs> and so very basically, the first few episodes cover a conspiracy to uh, kidnap Makio. And it turns out that it's actually her dad who was trying to do the kidnapping. And I, I did look this up. It is technically not illegal to uh, to abduct your child if you are the sole uh, guardian of them. I mean, because yeah, technically it's not abduction. Yes, yeah, technically <laughs> you are their parent. That said, that said, if you send a bunch of armed men and a purple toddler with guns to go, what was that? No, no, keep talking. To go and get, go and pick up your daughter, and they beat up uh, a girl and a horse. I mean, I feel like there's some charges there, potentially. But strictly speaking... I mean, strictly speaking, uh, that child is not the property owner. So, basically, a bunch of people squatting in your house. Guests, guests. But yes, no, I I do, I do understand. Um, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Here. I know, I know. Legally, everything was fine, but it was still messed up. Um, and what you call it? Any, anyways, so Yotaro ends up going and saving her at the airport before she's taken out of the country. Uh, and he faces off against one of his knight senpais, who is who's taking money to, like, work for a bad guy, because, you know, knights, they're famously champions of justice and righteousness in, in all of history, and they're certainly not just basically high-paid mercenaries. Also, isn't there that kid there, that, uh, that little kid with the tracksuit? The purple kid? And the guns? Yes. <laughs> yes. The one who constantly looks constipated? Yes, Yuyun. <laughs> Yuyun's great. And just, just, just to clarify, Yuyun and uh, several other characters in the show that are actually technically the children of the Knight Senpai of Yotaro, uh, they're, they're all like former child assassins for this criminal organization. It doesn't really come up, but it's, it's there. And, and those were the guys that attacked Makio in the first episode. Uh... So yeah, so yeah, Yotaro ends up facing off against his knight senpai. They have a uh, they have a joust, but well, they do a lance charge. Where uh, so let's see, Yotaro's lance gets shattered, and so then his dad uses magic to call down a coffin with the holy lance Rongomeniad in it, and Yotaro uses that to fight 
his knight senpai. Uh, and his knight senpai has a lance that he wears on his arm, like a gauntlet. Like it transforms into a into a gauntlet with like a like with a pointy end. It's it's very strange. It's very strange. Anyway, so they end up touching tips, and then uh, everything explodes, and Night Senpai almost dies. Which I, I mean, I've been single for a while, but I'm pretty sure that's not what happens when you touch tips. Ugh. where was that? Yes. And so Yotaro goes and saves Makio, and then Yoriko, the maid uh, trainer lady, uses pressure point magic to revive Night Senpai. Very. Very odd. Which actually brings me to one of my big... <laughs> one of the big things about this show is it wants to be a shonen, but it's not. Ouch. Yeah, well, uh, like, it's got... It's got, like, a, a power set system. It's got the implied magic. It's got a fancy organization that the main character belongs to. It's got all these trappings of the shonen genre, of the shonen action genre, but it's it's missing something. I don't I don't know what, but it's fundamentally it's it's trying it wants to be a shonen. As we'll see later uh in the in the island arc, it's it's very much wants to be a shonen. But big but it's got other stuff going on that detracts, which does make it, like, unique and interesting. But it doesn't do those other things well. So it just ends up detracting from the shonen stuff. And, yeah, I'd be... Listen, if it was just s silly lance fights, like, all the time, I'd actually be more or less okay. Like, I wouldn't be as down on the show. But it's not. <laughs> It's it wants to be a shonen, but it's not, and it wants to be a harem, but it's not. Let's let's get into that. So let's I I should preface this by saying this is very uncomfortable because the like he's got two the main character has two love interests. One is a girl his age who goes to his school. Uh. Oh yeah, after the first arc, they start going to school. But yeah. So yeah, one girl who's his age goes to his school, who is also the girl that he saved in the first episode. Hey, callback. Okay. Uh, she also gets kidnapped by Yuyan, the purple kid. Um, oh yeah, he's my favorite. I haven't even great. watched this show, and he's my favorite. He, he, he dual wields pistols, which I'm pretty sure are Walters. Um, they're, they're chonk anime pistols. I mean, based on some of the others and based on like the, the pictures you showed me, they yeah. they're close. They're imitation Walters. Uh yeah, so they they have they have a lot of chemistry. They have actually really good chemistry, I think. And if the show was <laughs> them, him and uh, the love interest his age, just like doing a chivalric romance thing, I would be a hundred percent down for that because They've actually got surprisingly good chemistry together. But the show's not that. Because the main target of his chivalric romance is... Is a small child. Makio. 
Yeah, the small child, Makio, who insists. Well, let me rephrase that. So, Makio doesn't know that Yotaro is the hero who saved her. She calls the hero Knight Lancer because he's got a lance and he was a knight. Like Sentai names are never they're always on the they're always on on the they're always very very obvious names, so it's that's not too bad. But Makio decides that she is La- Knight Lancer's wife. Without the con, con- without the uh, consent of Knight Lancer himself, well, actually, due to his uh, White Knight syndrome, whenever he is Knight Lancer, he ends up just being like, "Yep, whatever you say, Makio. We are totally husband and wife in spirit. If <laughs> if we can't be in l- law." Also, there's that horse. Yes, the horse. Um, so yeah, like also his squires tech- technically in love with him. I think it's kind of on the down low for that one, but it's heavily implied. Uh, the horse also pretty sure she wants. <sighs> yeah, which if if you want to know why, why I, God, it's just why. So the horse can sometimes turn into a girl. It's never <laughs> explained. It's it's never like. This is just I'm pretty a, sure I'm still infuriated by that. It's it's never it's never clarified whether she's actually turning into it like a horse girl or if she's just or if this is just like the spirit of her uh coming out and talking. But suffice to say every other character can understand her even when she's not in horse girl form. So that just raises further questions. And then also her mom shows up written by Yotaro's dead near the end of the series and and so the horse girl turns into the horse horse turns into the horse girl and then the horse girl horse's mom turns into the horse girl's mom and before that happens though Yotaro's dad gets off of the horse specifically. <laughs> I, I I I made note of that. He specifically gets off of his horse, and then she turns into a girl, and then they have a conversation, <laughs> and it's so confusing. And I I don't want to I don't want to spend any more time on this. Um. Uh, oh yes, and oh and yes, right. Can't forget. Very important. Yufeng, Yufeng, An- another character who's in the family. Uh, she's she's also one of the one of those uh, former assassin kids. She has a sword, and she's she's looking for the the man who took down the criminal organization that raised her, and and so naturally, Yuyun, being a responsible younger brother, uh directs her to Yotaro, thinking, oh, this this will be great. I'll be able to get revenge on Knight Lancer for foiling me and my kidnapping of that that random schoolgirl. Uh, and and one of the other form well, I don't know if the, Yeah, I'm pretty sure she she was also one of the former assassin kids. Another another one of the, the kids adopted by the Knight Senpai. 
has been chasing after her, trying to bring her to Night Senpai. And it's, it's just, this is really frustrating because she's looking for the man who took down the criminal organization that raised her so that she can become his child. Which was also what the other child of Night Senpai was trying to do, was bring her to Night Senpai so that she could be adopted by Night Senpai. Like all the other former assassin children. <laughs> Instead, she ends up, uh, Yufeng gets, ends up getting saved by Yotaro. And, you know, be, has been told by Yuyan, oh, this is the guy you're looking for. And so she ends up saying, being like, oh, you're my dad now. <laughs> and Yotaro's white knight syndrome just lets, just tells him to go along with it. <laughs> So he's like, yep, I'm totally your dad. And then he runs away like, oh my god, did I just say I'm her dad? Ugh, god. Ugh. So anyways, yeah, uh, she also ends up moving to the mansion with all the other characters. We've been collecting a lot of characters. And most of them live in the mansion. There's another former assassin kit that I didn't mention who's Makio's maid. And she's also like a genius hacker or whatever. We don't, we don't really go into her backstory. Which, suffice to say, I feel like the story of all these former assassin kids running around would be a really interesting story. Probably. <laughs> but it's... <laughs> but we never really dwell on it. We just kind of like, oh yeah, that happens. It's no big deal. Anyway, so Makio finds Yufeng, and after learning she's Nightlancer's daughter, decides that she's also Makio's daughter. So at least... At least Yufeng is not a love interest. And now I say that it wants to be a harem, but it's not. And looking back now, it has the trappings of a harem. Where you've got all these girls who have varying levels of, of uh, affection for the main character. But ultimately, there's only really two characters who actually like him, and one is a six-year-old. <laughs> so that really only leaves one genuine love interest. But the way it's set up... I've Listen, I've, I've watched other harem anime before. I know how the setup goes. Step one, get a bunch of girls in one place with an idiot guy. Step two, watch them all fall for him. If, if it hadn't been so focused on being a shonen, that would have happened. Okay. Let's see here. See, after all that stuff, uh, Yotaro ended up doing a lance charge with, uh, the, with Yoriko. <laughs> And almost died. Also, he got stabbed by Yufeng. Um, Through the leg? Oh, no, that was actually uh, the, the, the girl who was chasing Yufeng to begin with. She ended okay. up getting stabbed through the leg. Yotaro ended up getting stabbed through the gut. Good times. Good times. Uh, and then, of course, after all this, and Yufeng ends up... <clears throat> Joining the crew. Uh, they, all, they all go to the hot springs. <laughs> where shenanigans ensue. And it's actually... 
it actually has some interesting uh, character beats between the the school friends and Yotaro, and like we get to see their dynamic and how how they act around each other, and it's it's actually kind of cute. And I I honestly wish we had just had that for twelve episodes, because yeah, <sighs> and of course. We can't have an anime without a Hot Springs episode, so. We have a Hot Springs episode. That's really, that's really all I have to say about it, is that it's the Hot Springs episode where the nightclub, which is the club they're in at school, goes, goes to the Hot Springs. <laughs> uh, and then the right. horse pees in the water. I, I don't think the horse peed in the water. <laughs> I'm, just, but, uh, I'm literally looking through the old chat logs. And I remember just the horse in the water, like that horse looked at it. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> okay, um, let's see. Yeah, Yufeng destroyed uh the hot spring for some reason, and then Yotaro uses his lance to uh recreate the hot spring by jamming it into the ground real hard. Anyways, so one thing I should mention is there's this one character with pink hair in the nightclub who is there, and the first time she's on screen, she says something really cryptic and creepy, and she's really she's weird because she's, like, standing on a roof, and she's got pink hair. And the first time I saw her, I was like, oh, she's, she's gonna be, like, a main character. She's gonna be, like, super evil or something. She shows up, like, three times in the whole series. She does nothing. Talk about a wasted character. <laughs> I mean, why would you introduce an, a, a pink-haired character if they're not going to be a psycho? Or or a... Or become God. Or just be the, the like fluffiest, cutest thing in existence. All, all are valid career paths for the pink-haired character. I'm sure there's more, but <laughs> I can't think of any. Anyway, so I've I've I feel like I've been dragging my feet, and that's because I don't want to talk about the next arc, the island arc, where I'm pretty sure you're not even you're like halfway done with the show. I am, I am, and I I really don't want to talk about the island arc though, because it's... no, I'm saying there's that much left. Yeah. Um. Let's see. So yeah, episode six is the the hot springs arc. It's the hot springs episode, and then the next. Four episodes are the island arc, where Yotaro gets kidnapped, and so everybody's like, oh my god, Yotaro got kidnapped, we gotta go save him! And so everybody runs off to uh, the night island, where he is being held uh, by his commanding officer. Also, Yuyan is there, because... Anyways... Um, look, I, I already mentioned that I was really uncomfortable with the whole Makio act wants to be Night Lancer's wife and he's like twice her age at least. Uh, <laughs> and his, his night commander is also a woman and she acts like she has the hots for him. And it's really creepy, and I don't like it. And it just, it taints the entire arc, the whole reason we are here. And 
ultimately she ends up like being a good guy and turns out this was all a test or something. They never explain what was going on, why she actually wanted him like and kidnapped him in the first place. It's just she kidnapped him is like, I want you to be mine and then locks him in a room until uh, he escapes by walking out the door after her second-in-command told him, you can do whatever you want. Anyway, so, this, this, is, ba- this is where we jump back into the shonen aspects, uh, slash sentai, because everybody gets a mask and a cool hero title. Uh, but, like I said, this is where we jump really hard into the shonen aspect, because we have like an elite four who are all subordinates to the big chief lady, and they've all got standard issue uh, shown in elite four special weapons. I say standard, but I mean, what I mean by that is they've all got like unique weapons that are uh, specific to them. We never like meet just a normal knight in this show. Yotaro's the closest thing we have to that. Like, everybody else has a weird lance. Like, like the Yori- gun lance? Yes, I'll get to that in just a second. Um, let's see, Yoriko's can turn into, like, a, a vine whip. It, like a... Like a thorned vine whip. Uh... Let's see, uh... Yeah, that... Knight assassin kid... What's her name? Sylvia. Uh, has a gun lance, so it's a lance that also turns into a gun. Uh, one of the Elite Four has a lance that lets her fly short distances, but still. Uh, of course, Yu Feng has a sword. Let's see here. One of the other Elite Four has a uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's it it's a it's a it's a lance, but it's also got these rings in it where she spins it around and then the rings fly out at whatever she's attacking. It's very strange. I she calls it a chakrams, but I I I have no verification and no lances in my uh database were ever made that could throw chakrams. Let's see. There's also another member of the Elite Four we never get to see his lance. Uh which is convenient because the person he fights is uh <laughs> The squire, who also doesn't have a lance, and she ends up beating him by headbutting him after do- after going through a flashback of like, you must train me, Knight Senpai, because my 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 master won't train me, which I'll get to in just a second. Uh and then yeah, the chief has like uh, it's basically a club with a pointy bit on the end. And then of course, the ultimate weapon. The secret that not even, that no knights of medieval Europe could survive. The lance bow. It's, it's a lance that turns into a bow that fires a lance. It's entirely pointless. It's entirely pointless and it's ridiculous and <laughs> I actually kind of love it. <laughs> anyway, so they end up beating the chief. Uh, she almost... Well, actually, they think she did die for a little bit, and then she's like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> and Yotaro has to fight his friend, who has the archery lance. And uh, the the big thing that happens at the end of this arc, the, this arc is co- more or less completely pointless, 
Um, nobody learns anything. Uh, like in the moment, the fights are really good because they follow the fight scene rule of like showing a character overcoming something or uh, achieving a pinnacle of their arc and becoming better for it and like fighting good as a result of that. And all the characters have that in this, but we just kind of go back to normal right afterwards. So it was entirely pointless. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. This arc is more or less entirely pointless. Uh, especially because we never find out the real reason that uh, the chief kidnapped Yotaro is just... it. <laughs> she straight up says, I bet this doesn't make any sense to you. <laughs> and outside the show, I was like, yeah, no, it, this doesn't make any sense. This doesn't even begin to make sense, so... Why? Okay, so with <laughs> all that covered, um, like I said, the the island arc is where it tries to jump back into shonen territory, and it does actually a pretty good job of being a decent shonen for for the uh, for the duration, minus the implied pedophilia. Uh Ah, God. So the last two episodes of the show are weird. Which is saying something for this show. (laughs) So in episode 11, so at the end of episode 10, we get like an after credit scene of the Egyptians, well, the African branch of the Knights of the World heading to wherever they are in Japan. Because Yotaro just beat up all of the people who were in charge of the uh, the East Asian branch of the Knights of the World, because that's how that's how knights work. That that's how knightly orders work, and it's this is definitely not like multiple different groups of knights that are all have the same name. Anyway, so they're they're headed to uh they're headed there. So in episode eleven. We start off with daily shenanigans as they go back to school after all that traumatic nonsense. Um, and and then we just rehash the, the start of the island arc by having Yotaro get kidnapped and everybody being like, Oh, where's Yotaro? Oh no, we gotta go save him. And then they all get kidnapped too. Well, actually, no. First, Makio gets kidnapped. Then everybody else gets kidnapped. Not by the same people, mind you. Makio gets kidnapped by someone completely different than everyone else. Uh, everyone else, for the record, gets kidnapped by the African branch. <sighs> God. It's, this is very, it, it's very shonen at this point. So it's very, like, the leader is... God. Uh, some Egyptian lady wearing a skimpy outfit and has an eye patch. And she also has a lance, and it lets her hypnotize people. Very strange. And also, all of her like subordinates are half-naked men wearing uh, jackal masks. Yeah, I don't really have a point here. It's just it's <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, I've just been enjoying listening to you describe this for like half an hour now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. 
God. So yeah, that... I don't remember much of about episode 11. I do remember making a joke to myself when she shows up to talk to Yotaro, the, the leader of the African branch. She's like, I'm from the African branch of the Knights of the World. And then Yotaro does the, well, if you're from Africa, why are you white? <laughs> and then, yeah, you can't. We all get the joke. We all, we've all seen that one movie whose name I forgot. I, I can't remember either. I was about I, to make that reference. I, I think it's Mean Girls. I don't know. It, it's I, I, it's I, some I, shitty movie like that. I, I will be, I am ready. I will gladly revoke my internet, like, reference card. God, if, if, if anyone wants to. It's been so long since I've heard, uh, heard that one, though. But. Okay, anyways, but yeah. So she's. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah, it's hilarious. It was funny. Everyone laughed. For Albert those who Einstein don't know what there. we're talking about, this is a meme uh, from some movie. Someone asked, like, if you're from Africa, why are you white? And then one goes like, oh my god, you can't just ask people why they're white. That's what we're referencing, right? Yes, that is what okay. we're referencing. Okay, good. I was doing a very poor job, thank you. Um, I feel like not everyone would would, would get that immediately, so okay, I figured I had to spell it out. Thank you, okay. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so this this is just, this is just a really long tradition of a lot of a lot of stuff saying Africa, but meaning Egypt. At least in this case, it makes sense for there to be a segment of a knightly order in Egypt, considering that was right next. That's like right next to the place where the Crusades happened. So it makes sense that they would like set up shop there, just like, you know, we're go- if we got to go over there, and then eventually they get subsumed into the local culture and so on and so forth, and tell half naked women with eye patches and half naked men with jackal masks. <laughs> but point is, they're not important. And Yotaro's dad shows up at the end of the episode, and they're like, "Holy shit! What the fuck? You were supposed to be on the other side of the world right now." He's like, well, I'm not. I'm here. And then he kills all, all the guys in the room and uh, spares the leader for reasons. Um, and when I say he kills them, like this is th- at this point on, it does, the show does a weird thing where anyone who dies gets turned into like particles of light. Like people have gotten stabbed, but no one's died. And the one time that someone all, almost died, they just, they were dying of, like, concussive trauma. They didn't, ter- they didn't get, like, transformed into light. Ugh. Okay. Uh, episode 12. Half of it is some trippy shit. The other half is the epilogue. Basically, Yotaro and his dad fight. And... Uh, oh yeah, and I right, I forgot to mention. Um, Yotaro's dad is the one who ended up kidnapping uh, Makio because okay, oh boy, basically, Yotaro's dad and Makio's parents knew each other because Yotaro's dad and Makio's mom Yuma had basically the same relationship as Makio and Yotaro, but I think they were closer in age. So 
you know, there was a chivalric romance going on there, and she ended up marrying Makio's dad. And then you, uh, Makio's mom ends up dying. And s- s- things are put into motion for some reason. And Yotaro's dad makes Yotaro end up in the same situation that he was to, like, pr- protect Makio or something. It's very strange. It's very, very strange. And and when Yotaro's dad loses their lance charge, he gets turned into particles of light right after Yotaro was about to lose, but then Makio's like, I believe in you! And he's like, ah! He gets a shonen power-up. Uh, and then he, uh, he, he, it's implied he kills his dad, but then his dad is, at, is still alive uh, after, in the epilogue. And as his dad is, as we think his dad is dying, he's watching a scene from the opening uh, of what we assumed was Makio falling, but I think it's actually Yuma falling. Uh, like through like just through the air and while there's all this trippy background stuff going on and we get like the entirety of their relationship through very short uh snippets of dialogue this takes this takes like at least 5 minutes to get through she falls very slowly um uh, yeah, anyway, so then the epilogue, and Yotaro ends up deciding, oh, I'm gonna go to night school, because that was a thing that I was conflicted about at the beginning of the series. And then the the school friend is like, hey, just so you know, I'm also going to the to the night school, but I, I'm going to the medical school right next door, so we'll be able to hang out and date. <laughs> um, And then the la- very last scene is just him hanging out with Makio at the park where they met. Um, and they share share a moment. He's like, "I'll always protect you, Makio." Be like, "Yay!" And that, and then the show ends. This is a weird show. This is this was very strange. Is this an adaptation of anything, or is this? Uh, let me double check. Like anime is. It is a light novel. It is a light novel adaptation. Which makes sense, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a light novel adaptation by Studio Gokumi, who hmm, well, they've done quite a bit actually. Um, this this is their lowest rated thing though. Like just for context, uh, Gokumi also did all pretty much all of the Yuki Yuna stuff. Which is okay. uh, a magical girl series, and they've done a bunch of other stuff. They're still making shows. Uh, let's see. This came out in 2015. Yes. Yes. Oh my god! This is this looks terrible. For 2015. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it? <laughs> it doesn't look good for 2015. Um. They made Saint Academy. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, they've they've done they've done other stuff, which has been very pretty well pretty well received. Um, like I said, pretty much all of the Yuki Yuna stuff, everybody loves that. But <laughs> it's 
This is their lowest rated I'm thing. starting to see a recurring problem just by looking at the cover of people with eyes too far apart. I guess that's just their style. Well, uh... Like, not see. as bad as we saw for Lance and Mass, necessarily. Yeah. But, uh, like... <clears throat> uh, and then, of course, the director, uh, Kyohei Ishiguro. Eh... Yeah, I mean, not much to say about him. He has been a director on other thoughts, on other projects. Um, this wasn't his first directorial view. Um, that would have been... Wait, he was the director for Your Lie in April? Yeah, I just, I just noticed that. So he... I just noticed that. Director, storyboard for some of that stuff. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so he was right, the director cool, for cool. that, and then he was... Uh, Occultic the, Nine. Whatever that is. Something better received than Lance and Mass. Yeah, everything else he's done has been better received, except Bright Samurai Soul, which he, which he was also the director for. Uh, although that might just be because a combination of factors, like uh, being associated with the anime Bright, or the movie Bright. And, uh, really, that's it. I haven't he, seen Bright Samurai Soul. But yeah, I mean, he also apparently directed, like, something called, uh, Children of the Whales. Yes, I actually watched that. It was interesting. <laughs> it, was, it was very interesting. It had, a, had an odd magic system that I was kind of cool. It was kind of cool. Um... Very solid. I think just very solid show overall, but it does have a bit of a weaker ending. So yeah, that's uh this go is ahead, massive. you go to this that, that that I I I completely skipped over your the fact that he was the director for your lie in April. Just it it I just did not recognize it when I was looking at it earlier. That is that is interesting. <laughs> so uh, we'll just call it a wash then. Uh, yeah, I think I think ultimately this was just a they the you know studios get contracted to do light novel adaptations every now and then. Not every studio can just do only the stuff they want to work on. Sometimes you need the cash, and well, sometimes you half-ass it or probably more likely the source material is ass and you have to do the best work you can with your with with the source material and yeah so yeah like i said there's so many moments so many subplots in this show the uh sai the chi- the uh, school friend and Yotaro romance that could have carried a show on its own. The shonen stuff could have carried a show show on its own. Um, hell, I bet Makio raising Yufeng could have carried a show show on its own if they really wanted to. But it decided it wanted all of this in the same thing, and it hurts the show so badly because it's being pulled in so many different directions that it can't focus on any one thing, and 
ultimately, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give this one a pass. Don't don't watch this. I I just remember when you first watched this. Uh it was it, truly an amazing experience just to listen to. Yeah. I can't believe you did it a second time. It's like I said, like when it's not trying to do the harem stuff where it's mostly okay. Like, there's just, I feel like this could have been a solid, seasonal, like, one-and-done show. Not as good as a lot of other seasonal one-and-dones, but I honestly think it could have been good. But I, well, one, I don't think the, uh... The source material was particularly amazing, and I I honestly would not be surprised if the original creator was involved in working on this. Like, and so they had them over there, or like they were over the studio's shoulder the whole time, saying, "Oh, you gotta make sure to include this." Uh, like I I'll pull out of the contract if you don't do this and put this particular plot point in the show. But potentially also, like, I, I don't know, maybe some of the, uh, maybe some of the hate for this show is just that the main character is kind of wants to be a wimp. And as we've seen from the complaints about uh, Shikamori-san this <laughs> season, at, white male anime fans hate wimpy male protagonists. <sighs> but but ultimately, yeah, no, this is not a great show. And but actually no, surprisingly, now that I think about it, it was easier to get through this. Like I I hemmed and hawed and I complained about this, but I I it's it's actually rather watchable if you ignore all of the problematic stuff. So and... if you cut out the parts that are bad, it's <laughs> not that bad. No, the problematic stuff. So, like, all of the implied pedophilia, which, which is the greatest <laughs> sin this show commits. Like, I shouldn't be complimenting a show that's this, that has so many, uh, it's. It has fucked up relationships. But if you just take those out, then it's actually watchable. Like I said, if you just do the shonen stuff, it's fine. It's good, even. Well, maybe not good, but it's it's solid. <sighs> I, I, I don't know. I... I give up. <laughs> I surrender. Uh, right, what I was trying to say um, was that if you cut out all the pro problematic stuff, it's quite watchable. Versus something like uh, Comet Lucifer, which I had to suffer through again uh, a few months, like a year ago, maybe. I think it's like the beginning of season two, actually. Uh, 
and I remember having to go through that, and it was a pain in the it was a pain in the butt. You did an episode on Comet Lucifer. I'm pretty sure I did. I remember rewatching it distinctly. I distinctly remember rewatching it. Uh, uh, not for season two. Oh, uh, it must have been uh, like near the end of season one then. Oh well. Yes, yes, I see it right here. Okay. Season there... one, episode forty-seven. Gotcha. I knew it was near the end. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that one was... Like, that one, I had to force myself to get through. And this one, I was kind of like... On the rewatch, I was like, yeah, this is actually... Like like I said, yeah, if you take out the problematic parts, it's somewhat enjoyable. It's watchable, even. But, yeah, it it does a little bit too much stopping and starting. Like, they're... They are driving a stick shift, and they just keep... They just don't know how to drive a stick shift. As they try and shift from shonen gear to harem gear, sentai gear, to whatever else. They, uh, they really burned out the clutch on this one. Very much so. Can you tell that I don't drive stick? Yes! <laughs> to be I fair, this tell. is can America. You, can you tell that I don't <laughs> That's drive stick? That's a very safe assumption to make. Yeah, fair. Uh, but yeah, so Lance and Masks, give it a pass. Uh, unless you're really, like, morbidly curious, in which case, yeah, give it a shot. It's, it's not the worst show out there, but it's definitely up there. Uh... Oh, and I should also, oh, right, I completely forgot about mentioning the animation quality, and the animation quality is not great. So... If you if you prize high animation quality, this is not the show for you. Also, I wish the protagonist had had a sword. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, just slight tangent. Knights, historically, did not use lances as their primary weapon. They used... Didn't a- they, though? Well, okay... I, I'm I I'm st- in this in this context. I'm strictly speaking about like Western European all night. Ah, uh, eh. I mean, lan- lances are a weapon, but I, I haven't done. I-, I will admit, I haven't done enough research into. I mean, I guess it also lance. depends on when, but I, I do know that yeah. by the end of this is this is where history turns into economic history. But uh, at the end of the the Middle Ages. Europe was so ridiculously over-ironed in terms of weaponry that, that basically every Tom, Dick, and Harry could have a sword. Yes, very much so. Swords are great. And there's a reason swords are were and are, well, they were treated as the sidearm of many eras. Because they're, they're convenient, you can wear them on your hip, much like a pistol, and you can just pull them out and They've got a decent stabby slashy range, and they're not like heavy or uh, specialized like pole arms or horseback mounted weapons. And we all know that real men use pole arms. It's true, though. Er- everyone should use pole arm. Which, <laughs> I mean, technically, yes, a lance is a pole arm, but it's not the same type of pole arm. And ultimately, give this man a sword. Look, I just, I just want him to have a sword because I think it would be cool. And. Ha- and- Listen, fighting with a lance on foot is kind of lame. I'm going to say it. Because you have two options, which is stab or bash. And, and only stab is the intended function. 
Anyway, so that was Lance and Masks. Uh, until next time, I have been Lyle. And I have been Eli. And this has been Anime Stroganoff. <laughs>